Hi, I'm Chad Emerson, and this is the Downtown Explorer Podcast, the virtual third place where we gather for interesting conversations with downtown innovators and entrepreneurs. And we are back with the Downtown Huntsville Explorer Podcast. Really excited about today's guest, Bernita Reese, the Director of Parks and Recreation. Did I get that right? You did. Thank you so much, Chad. So you're relatively new to Huntsville. Tell us, um, before you were in Huntsville, how did you get in the parks and recreation world? Boy, I tell you, that's some years ago. You're telling my age. So I started in Arizona, actually, um, coming out of the military and uh, in Arizona, in Sierra Vista, Arizona. Oh, and started to, It is lovely. Oh, man. Uh, if you think about the mountains and just the, the narrow desert land, um, it is so lovely. Um, and then, you know, just kind of putting it together, thinking about what did I want to do after I got out? Um, I love sports. And I said, oh, let's look at sports and put together a contract for a four-week sports camp Okay. with the local recreation department there. After I did those four weeks, they were like, hmm, I think we'll, well she's a keeper. We'll, we'll take her on. And so um, ended up working a little bit and uh, stayed there for about four years. <laughs> so what about... Parks, recreations, and sports is most appealing to Bernita Reese? I think it's serving. Um, I love people um, from all walks of life. And to me, whenever you're serving, you have to have a genuine love for people. Uh, when you have that love for people to get out and want to see a difference in their life, whether you're young, old, um, it doesn't matter the age, it doesn't matter what area they're from, what geographical area, it doesn't matter the economy or how rich, how poor. Um, you just want people to be happy and enjoy life. And so that was one of the things that I really took a liking to that attracted me to recreation. So you were sitting somewhere and you saw a job listing. I did. For the Huntsville Director of Parks and Recreation, Steve Ivey, had done and a great job, great career. Um, tell us what you were doing and what interested you when you saw that job uh, listing. Well, I tell you, I was in Columbus, Ohio, and had been there for three well, years. Well, now we have a problem, because uh -oh, I grew uh -oh. up near Ann Arbor. <laughs> so anything to do with a Ohio State Buckeye. Are you a Buckeye? I'm not a Buckeye. Okay, okay. We can continue then, because that was... So I tell you, and that was, that, if I had to say anything, that's probably my territorial time uh, in Ohio, because I've always been an Alabama Roll Tide. Uh, okay. My father's from Alabama, and so um, I've always been Roll Tide, Roll Tide, and... Uh, it took a little challenge last year doing the championship game. So uh, I had one employee tell me, well, you know, you get paid here. Um, I said, but my love is in Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a roll tide challenge for me. I was happy of the win, and uh, I kind of felt very strong on that win before the game even happened. Uh, but stayed in Ohio and, and happened to see we have a National Recreation Park Association, uh, which they advertise a lot of different positions throughout the country. And Huntsville, Alabama, uh, the position was posted, and I looked at it and I said, mm, this is close to home, and didn't have a lot of knowledge about Huntsville. So I wanted to see exactly about Huntsville. Was it a growing city? Was it something that was on the rise? Was it on the move? And so I started my research. As I started the research, I said, hmm, nice city. And I started looking at whether they were very supportive of their park systems. That's always important to me because some cities don't um, value the parks and the quality of life. And once I saw that that was really a positive for me, um, I said, well, I think I'm going to put in and apply for it. And did just that, and um, things moved from there. 
It appears to have worked out. It appears to have worked out, and here I am. <laughs> so we're going to talk about um, the Huntsville Parks and the downtown parks, but before we get there, you're a parks professional. I am. What are some of the features that come together to make a great public park? I always say parks have to have a curb appeal. Um, from the time you actually see the park, and that is from the street, the sidewalk, what does that park look like? Um, is it clean? Is it acceptable to people coming in? Um, is it well-groomed? You know, we look at people and we say, oh, that's a nice-looking person. They're well-groomed. It's the same thing for a park. You know, people have a tendency to say when you look at a park, it relaxes your heart. And I really, truly think that. I believe that. Um, when you look at the greenness of a park and the cleanliness of a park, it really does have a really attribute to a person's longevity of life. So um, is there a park you remember visiting someplace? Uh, you lived in Europe or you, you've lived in different parts of the country. You're like, that's a park that sticks with me. I'm going to take it all the way back to my childhood, actually, okay. and talk about Piedmont Park in Atlanta. Um, I grew up in Atlanta um, and so that was a park that we visited very early on. Um, when I want to stroll through nice parks, um, even when I'm going home and walk along the walkways of ponds and botanical gardens, I always think about Piedmont Park. Um, I've visited several parks all throughout my life. Um, that one really sticks close to heart. It has a lot of great memories. Yeah, we were earlier talking with another um, guest, Angie and Timo Sandritter. Uh, we're recording the same day as them. And ironically, they actually live a couple blocks from Piedmont Park and have other friends that live near there. And it's one of these just it's like this great place dropped inside of all this urban walkable area. No, you're so true. Um, you know, when you look around Piedmont Park, it's covered by uh, neighborhoods on each area, north, south, east, and west. Um, and then there's some little eatery places close by. But when you think about the park, it has the garden, it has bike paths, it has the pool, it has fields, um, there's local benches and swings. And then there's so many great events that come there. Some of your local jazz uh, festivals and dogwood festivals. Some of those things that bring not just the people that are downtown area, but from within the metro area of Atlanta. So let's bring it back to the Rocket City uh, on a smaller scale, admittedly, but kind of in, in a similar vein. We have in downtown Huntsville, Big Spring Park, which instead of a botanical gardens, it has an art museum and it has shops. And um, yes. you, what was your first impression of Big Spring Park when you first came here uh, for a job interview or whenever you met Big Spring Park for the first time? I tell you, the first time I saw it was just Internet. Um, and then to come and see it, uh, it was beautiful. Uh, you know, my first visit here was earlier this year, and so it was green, and it was water, and uh, the sidewalks were clean, and it's always important to me, how does that park look? Um, and then we were coming out of COVID, kind of coming into restaurants opening, um, and so the restaurants were beginning to open again, and so we had people who were out and about in the park, whether it was a picnic in the park, whether it was uh, I saw people skating in the park, I saw people riding along the park path, and so it was really, really nice when I saw Big Springs, and that was on the, the big side, and then you go over to the east side of Big Springs, and you got a chance to see the waterfall and the ducks, and so there was a lot to really take in when I saw the park, really lovely. 
One of the things that uh, here at DHI, we love to partner with Parks and Recreation. Your department, your team is fantastic. But one of our favorite things is really less than two months away or so, or just about two months away, is Tinsel Trail. Yes. Ha- you have not experienced it I yet. I have not experienced Tinsel Trail, but I have heard good things about it. What have you heard? Well, I've heard that there are pretty much decorated trees everywhere along that trail. Um, I've heard it's a lot of work, (laughs) but the beautification of it really in the holiday season is what I hear about it. Christmas is a time where I think everybody begins to share with each other. Uh, whether you've had a bad year or not, that's a time. It can it can be a, a difficult time for some because of the holiday and spending time with family. But it is a time where people really, I think, share with each other and have a kind heart during those holiday seasons. Um, and so the Tinsel Trail, I hear that there's decorated trees everywhere, that individuals purchase those trees. And then that money goes back into how do we really take care of our downtown areas. So there's a number of things that we really do. Uh, throughout that Tinsel Trail. Yeah, what's exciting this year, um, 300 plus trees. It's the 10th anniversary of Tinsel Trail. That is great. I tell you, whenever you can keep a program for two years, because the first year is the first, but two years, but to have a Tinsel Trail for 10 years, that tells you uh, that people actually come downtown and to really interact during that holiday season and participate with the decorative trees. And something that even more than the longevity of Tinsel Trail that I think we're all extremely happy and proud of is that it's always been free and as long as we're running, it will be free. So it ends up being a very inclusive place. No matter what your income is or lack thereof, you can always go experience Tinsel Trail. How important is inclusivity for parks? You know, when we think about inclusivity for parks, um, you want to open parks for everybody. The equity of parks is from one side of town to another should not be judged um, by a person. It should not be judged by a neighborhood. But you want people to feel as if they are a part of the system. And being a part of a park system is great because you get a chance to come in and experience anything. Um, And then when you start to think about the Tinsel Trail, uh, what does that bring? You're having people from all throughout the city come and be a part of a holiday expression. And so they get a chance to really put themselves into the downtown area and just enjoy, uh, I would say, the holiday festivity. So in addition to Big Spring Park, that's obviously the star of the park show downtown. Um, Lots of other fun parks and want to get your impressions. And I think it's really uh, a helpful impression because you've just moved here. It's not like you'd been visiting here for years. So uh, when you went to Council High Park for the first time, tell us what you experienced. I tell you, once I went for the first time, I started looking around and I was like, wow, this is different. Um, And it was a lot of history. Um, reading the different plaques and seeing the different pictures and um, just experiencing it. I I had a chance to really go by myself for the first time. And I think that was a joy to me because I got a chance to really see it for itself without anyone kind of having any input for me. Um, But the history that really is there in that park and that speaks about the rich history of the city. Um, and individuals that were here in Huntsville, um, if not still here in Huntsville. So I really enjoyed that part. 
um, there were a couple of people sitting out there, and one guy said, yeah, this is my favorite park. I get a chance to sit back and no one's here. And I thought that was really unique because sometimes we get bombarded by people. When you go to Big Springs, there's always someone there. But to find a lot of pocket parks that you're able to sit in and just really enjoy the rich history of silence and enjoy the park and the beautification, it's a mental just kind of relaxation for you within the park itself. And one of the interesting things about Council High Park is a lot of it was designed to emulate the original footprint and features of the high school. Most definitely. I could tell from the start. I actually came in from the side of the park, from the parking lot, I think right next to it. And then I walked out to the front and almost wanted to enter the facility. That's how I looked at the park as a facility, Um, the arches. and, And as you start going in and I start reading everything, and it really became very interesting to me because... A lot of history is there, and and that was so important to me. If you don't know the history, you don't know where you're going. So I thought it was very interesting just to read that history of Columbia and and, kind of move forward from there. Another park that we've collaborated with uh, Parks and Recreation is Constitution Village Park. That's where Movies in the Park has been all summer long. Um, We used to be in Big Spring Park, but tell us about... Constitution Village Park and its uh, renovations. And when you walked in, it's a lot different because it's this tight park, but boy, it sure looks beautiful. I tell you, when you talk about a pocket neighborhood park um, that's surrounded by, uh, you know, here you have different little eateries that are close by. Um, But then you look around that park and you're able to bring your family in. And there's so many unique things about it. Small stage, the green grass, Um, You also have a a picnic pavilion area on the backside of it. So there's so many things if you want to look at and say if you're in the downtown area that you want to go to, that's a perfect park um, just to go and get away. So people who are living downtown, they have an advantage, a, a park that they may not really realize is close by. But it's one I would say if I was downtown area, I would definitely be there probably a little bit every every day. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You used a term that maybe people aren't familiar with, but I think it's a really important term. People think of big grand parks, Piedmont Park, big grand, big spring park, Mm -hmm. but pocket parks. What's a pocket park and why are they important? So pocket parks are are really neighborhood parks. Something that we talk about, um, we have a trend in the National Recreation Park Association, and that is a neighborhood should be within a 10-minute walk of a park. Hmm. So if you're living downtown, how many parks do you really have in a 10-minute really area that you could walk to? Um, And sometimes we don't realize those small parks are just as great as the big parks because we're always looking at the big parks. Um, But there's so many neighborhood pocket parks is what we call them that one person could really enjoy, I think, throughout their lifetime, especially not just in the downtown area, but just in a community area in subdivisions and and really kind of in the outer areas of Huntsville. So in addition to the passive experience, a picnic or just sitting by the stream, looking at the koi fish, um, I know that Parks and the Recreation side also really promotes active lifestyle in downtown. Tell us about some of the healthy Huntsville and other things you do to encourage people to get healthy in our parks. I tell you, Healthy Huntsville is a year-round program. Um, I came in and we were just heading up our our parks uh, of fitness every Saturday morning. However, it went on throughout June and July. And then we went from Healthy Huntsville in the parks to Dancing for Diversity. As we did that program, it 
just really, I, I would say, brought in different cultures, um, which had a chance to interact off of exercising, but dancing to different music. So that was one thing. Then we're looking at, as we go into October and November, as we get into this holiday season, you all know we enjoy food. Oh, my hmm. gosh. As we get into Thanksgiving and we get into Christmas and just spending time with family, we get more into our holiday eating and festivities. So what are we looking at? We're trying to main and maintain our gain, and that is our program of making sure that we're maintaining and not gaining throughout the holiday season. So it kicks off in November. Um, but there's so many things that we look at when it comes to the Healthy Huntsville. It's not just parks and recreation, but it's also the hospital that's involved in it, and it's the school that's involved in it. Um, and then we had to look at, I can't leave out Johnson Legacy that's up there on the north end of town, and that is the mountain climbing and mm. all the fitness centers and the healthy things that they're doing within their facility. It seems like of all these sports and activities and recreational activities, there's one that seems like it's popping up everywhere and it's called pickleball. Okay. <laughs> so there's pickleball at San Germain, there's pickleball in North Huntsville, there's pickleball at California Park. What, what's going on with pickleball and what is it? Well, I tell you, pickleball is a sport. It's I can't say it's a new sport, but it is a national trend now. <laughs> it is throughout this country. You go from one city to another, and pickleball is the highlight. Um, it's a sport that really has come on, and it just it started out kind of with an attraction to seniors because it was a smaller court, a little bit smaller than tennis. However... The competition of it has now gone from seniors to young adults, from young adults to children. So we're seeing pickleball being a sport that is used by all ages, um, and it's a high-level sport because once you're in that kitchen, I tell people all the time, you get in the kitchen, you got to either cook some or you got to get out. And pickleball, when you're in that kitchen, you got to cook some or you got to get out. You can't just stand in the you kitchen. You cannot stand in the kitchen. It's it's a smashing area in pickleball. Yeah. So once you're in that kitchen, you know, it's one of those things that you either you're either hidden back or you're hit on. And that's what I tell people in pickleball. What I love about pickleball is and you alluded to it, is it's an all ages friendly game that you'll yes. see I'll have one of my teenage sons go to play pickleball and there'll be people in their 60s playing pickleball against them. That's correct. And you know, the good thing about it, not a lot of movement. So people that may have some problems with knees or may have some problems with, you know, legs or different things, they're able to still interact and really, really enjoy the game of pickleball. One of the things that uh, we're working on with the city right now is some potential renovations to California Park. That is correct. And one of the underlying principles, and we still got to work on a lot of plans, but is this activities um, that are all ages friendly, whether it be pickleball, but also sports like or activities like bocce ball and cornhole. Tell us about the importance of activities where kids could play with their friends or with their grandparents. Yeah, you know, at one time we always thought about sports or activities being um, broken down into age groups. That was probably a barrier that we just, I think, put on in recreation. Now it's about inclusivity. So how do we have the seniors that are interacting with our younger people and our younger people that are interacting with our older people? And that is making sure that we're really reaching all ages. So bocce ball is one of those sports that not just seniors play, but the therapeutics play. 
And then we have our middle schoolers that are playing it as well. Cornhole is another sport. It doesn't matter the age. Um, it's about the aim and <laughs> making sure that you can get the cornhole in the hole. And that is, so it's all about just really enjoying it. And it doesn't matter. It could be grandmother, grandfather um, with their grandchildren. It could be uncle and aunt. Um, but it also can be the little children that are able to throw. So it really is just a fun time getting out and just enjoying different activities in the park. This has been a great conversation. We're about to wrap yeah. up, but um, before we do, so let's, uh, you've now been here how many months? About It'll five, be six, six months six coming months. up here soon. All right. Yes. What's, and, and, and you're responsible for parks throughout this huge, great city, but of the downtown parks, the ones we mentioned or ones we haven't mentioned, what's been a real pleasant surprise for you? If I had to say it, I want to say really Constitution. Okay. Um, as I pulled up around the corner and I'm looking for this park and I see all these homes and I'm going, well, where is a park in this area? <laughs> um, and then as I look through, I see the park and I'm going, wow. And when I walked in and I remember the barn door that was there, um, it just kind of took me back almost to a holiday kind of festivity look or scene. Um, and then I saw the people just really enjoying the the music that was being played and then the movie later on. But it was all about just really kind of just watching families as they came in. They took time and they sat there with their children. They left, you know, but it, it's about the enjoyment. I think sometimes we don't take that time to really just enjoy each other as families. We're always running. Um, I think the pandemic has slowed us down to where we're really thinking about family a little bit more. Um, but when I see a family in a park, it really brings about a specialty for me. One of the cool things about downtown is you have these parks, and a lot of them are connected. Tell, tell us about you can go from Bud Kramer Park on the north side of downtown through Gateway Greenway to Depot Park, and then the cycle track to Big Spring Park, and then down to Council High or Community Foundation. All these parks are connected. Is that intentional, I guess? I think it is intentional. What one something we don't really talk about a lot, and that is our trail system and how we connect our parks through our trail system and our bike paths. Um, and I see it more and more. Sometimes I'm going to a park and I go, hmm, that's a bike path. And then I go to the next park right over and I go, wait a minute, did that bike path come from there to there? And it is, it's connectivity. And so when you think about connectivity, it's connecting people from Huntsville through the park system from one park to another. And that is they're allowed and enabling themselves to meet each other regardless of what neighborhood they stay in, regardless of what walks of life they come from. It's the connectivity from one park to another. Well, that's... Uh... That's, an, that's a real asset, and, and we're grateful that Parks and Recreation and the entire city team um, recognizes that it's not a series of individual discrete assets, but that's the correct. way to connect them together. Yes. We're so glad you're here, uh, bringing a lot of vision and just six months in. That's well, great, Bernita. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's, it's a lot of work, but hey, we're here for it and um, enjoying the city of Huntsville. <laughs> well, let's jump into your favorite five. This is a fun uh, segment we do at the end of every, uh, just trying to learn the personality behind the person we're talking to. So okay. they're designed to be one word answers, but you're allowed to elaborate if you really feel the need to. So are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Number one on Bernita Reese's favorite five, Central Park or Millennium Park in Chicago? Millennium Park. And so 
I'm going to take a pause here and not, not to pause the podcast, but because I originally put for the first one, Central Park or Piedmont Park. I had to Ooh. change mid podcast. <laughs> you start talking about Piedmont. I was like, well, shoot, I better edit on the fly. So, but even then you're going with millennium, right? I am. Go millennium to the bean, Park. See your reflection. That's it. There's so, there's so much there in that park. Uh, you know, it's not just uh, the playground area, but it's the skating and it's the theater area. There's there's a lot in that park that you really enjoy. <laughs> All right, number two and the favorite five, uh, the best all-time classic piece of playground equipment, a swing or a slide? Swing. Okay. <laughs> number three, picnic in the park or a backyard barbecue? Ooh, backyard barbecue. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Got a long ooh out of that yeah. one. So. All right. Uh, new, all-inclusive or inclusive sport activity. You could play one, cornhole or bocce ball? Cornhole. All right. You're pretty good at cornhole, you sound? I am yeah. pretty good yeah, at it. That. Yeah. That's a confident yeah, answer. I get right that there. aim <laughs> about, about number three. All right. And number five for the uh, Bernita Reese's favorite five, Grand Canyon National Park or Smoky Mountain National Park? Ooh, Grand Canyon. All right. Yeah. That was that's that that has to be the answer. <laughs> All right, Bernita, that's fun. We appreciate you joining us on the Downtown Huntsville Explorer Podcast. Well, Chad, thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here. We will talk to everyone next time. Thank uh, you. Thank you.